able to do much more than that. Amen. Much more than you have got locked up at the peak performance of your brain. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so we're expecting God to do exceeding abundantly above tonight. All we could ever ask or think. And so as you've prayed and as you've sought the Lord to, to move in your life and to, to reveal himself to you as he is, uh, he's going to do more than you asked. Amen. Amen. Say, I just want a good life. I just want enough for me and mine. Well, God, that's not what God wants. He wants exceeding abundantly above that puny mentality. Amen. And wants to blow your mind. Get out beyond the limitations of your own mind, which are often dictated by your own past. Amen. God is much bigger than your past. He's much bigger than what your plan is for your future. Amen. And as we allow Him to enter into, the, in, into our own thoughts, uh, everything becomes different. Everything changes. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Not limited. Not limited by anything. Amen. Except what we're willing to allow God to do in our lives. Amen. Well, God is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. God is good. His presence is here. So it's good to worship the Lord together. Amen. It's just good to enter in. And, uh, and you understand what I mean by enter in. I mean Bible enter in. Not that we're on the outside. <laughs> Amen. Been accepted in the beloved. And so we're always in God's favor. Right? We're always on the inside. Amen. But you can enter into the throne room boldly. Amen. That means that we're not ashamed. Not, not ashamed. We're not afraid. We're not intimidated. Amen. Why? Because he's our father. Praise God. I remember sitting with some pastors one time years ago, and one of them just out of the blue was, was bringing up that uh, he said, he just started bringing up how, you know, in reality, if you're just not doing the right thing, you know, God could just kill you. <laughs> I just think he had a brain hiccup or something. <laughs> and I thought, well, where did that come from? And another one of the guys there said, well, no, we have a covenant. <laughs> And I thought, yeah, my dad's not going to kill me. <laughs> I mean, if your kids do wrong, you just take them out to the back and shoot them. <laughs> That's about enough of that. <laughs> You're not ever going to do that again, are you? <laughs> Amen. But that, that kind of fear or concern is unwarranted with God. And though it sounds out there to a lot of us, because we know better. Uh, there are those who are saved, but they just don't know the love of the Father. They don't know the covenant that they have with Him. And He would never hurt you. Amen. He doesn't want you harmed in any way. Amen. Amen. A dad, a father, I'm a father. A father would never slap a disease on his kids, would he? I mean, 
Wow, I mean, he's psycho if he would. He's crazy. And, uh, you know, he's just not all there. And neither would the Lord ever slap a disease on, a, on one of his kids. Never would he give them a sickness to test them. Ever. 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 That's just so far removed from the character and nature of God. And, and what he's shown us and the covenant that we have with him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so uh, never let it, anything, even for a moment, keep you from being, you know, like that. Right there with the Lord. Why do, I say, why do I say that? Some need to hear that because their own guilt. Their own, I've blown it. I've disobeyed. I've done wrong. I've fallen short. All this. And so some hesitate to go right in feeling they're unaccepted, feeling whatever. And sad, but oftentimes people retreat from God at the time they need Him most. And, uh, and you know what? Even... Remember when uh, uh, Jesus called out to Peter in the boat and Peter came when he saw that it was Jesus and he fell down and said, go away from me. He said, depart from me. For I forget the exact wording there from I'm, I'm unclean or something to that nature. It's like God is standing for you in his glory and awesomeness and love and you say, go away from me. That's what guilt does to a person. They don't say, go away from me because they don't feel like they can approach that but here's the deal i'm not coming to god based on me i'm coming to him based on jesus and from that position i never have to say go away from me lord because he's never saying that to me so if i come on my own i'm not getting in huh and you'll be like that bubble you bounce off the force field there i just can't get in but as soon as i say jesus i go right through it huh amen because then it's all about Him, and I'm perfectly accepted in Him. Amen. So what, what's one of the things we can do in that place? Make requests. Amen. You can make requests. He's your dad. My kids aren't afraid to ask me for stuff. <laughs> El Shaddad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, how many understand that, you know, Naturally speaking, I'm not able to do everything. Uh, I'm not able to do everything for him. God, the Father is. Yeah. Amen. Why are we so hesitant to ask him? Praise God. Oh, he loves us and blesses him when we're full. Blesses him when we're fulfilled. When we're walking in his, his best and his glory. Amen. Amen. Let's not ever approach him like, like God, we're just... You know, we, we, say, we use the term wait on God, and that's right. But not like, God, we're waiting on you. In other words, we've done everything. Now it's, we're just waiting on you to do something. Uh, not, not, that's, that's not the way He is. I mean, there's no lack of things happening in life or in the world because God is withholding. Because He hasn't decided. No, He decided in His love to send His Son. And He poured out His Spirit and gave us all. Amen? Amen. And so we're never we're never trying to talk God into doing something we can just get enough people to pray <laughs> we can just get enough people to pray then we'll get this no that's just human thinking huh it's like God's up there saying okay you got 
99, but this prayer request takes 100. 100 people. Or if it's a big thing, you might need, you know, some serious emails going out. Get everybody praying. Then God will answer. Amen. Well, whether you like it or not, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes, can I just talk? And <laughs> we're all friends here. Sometimes people have missed connotations with things like prayer chains. I just got to get on somebody's prayer chain. No, you don't. No, you don't. Why? Because if you you have confidence that if so many more people are praying for you, you don't even know what they're praying, they're praying for you, then God's going to heal you or something like that. It's not based on that at all. God already healed you. He absolutely did. The moment you believe that and say, yes, that's, all, that's what he already did, it starts working in your body that very moment. Prayer chain or not. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I want to read something over here in, in John chapter 4. I think we read this maybe a few weeks ago or maybe just made mention of it. You're all familiar with this, but that's, or many of you are, but that's fine. Uh, John 4. You see, this is where Jesus was talking with this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he read her mail. She said, you're a prophet. And... Uh, he said, well, she said in verse 20, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem that it is the place where one ought to worship. Right? She thinks it's a natural she's, location. Jews say it's here. We say it's over here. You've got to be in a certain location to worship. How many know that's not, that doesn't pan out with the covenant we live in? Huh? That you've got to go to a certain place to worship God, a geographical location. Uh, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. In other words, uh, answering the question, you think you got to be here, you think you got to be over here, it's all about your location of where you're going to worship. Jesus said, no, it's not about where, it's about how. It's about worshiping in spirit and truth, not about the location that you are to worship God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And uh, we know this throughout the, the Word of God. We can see uh, that we are to do things anywhere and everywhere. Uh, remember that they went out and preached the gospel in Mark 16. that says they went everywhere and preached the the word and the Lord worked with the word and con I'm misquoting it, but you know, confirmed the word with with, with signs following. Didn't say word that many times, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, 
but they went everywhere. Why? Well, because people are everywhere. And the good news is God is everywhere. Amen. Amen. Uh, no, no, no group, no church, no individual has a, has a bank on God. You've got to be with me or you've got to be with my group or you've got to uh, be accepted in a certain area. Then you can worship God. No, any person can worship the Lord in spirit and truth because that's the way the Father is. So that's the way we seek Him and that's the way we worship Him. And, uh, and this is what the, what the Lord Jesus is saying. Well, a couple things we could, we could consider here. First of all, you know this. Uh, when Jesus said you must worship in the Spirit, that, I mentioned to you this before, but that phrase is used various ways in the, in the New Testament. But think about this. First and foremost, the way I'm going to worship God in the Spirit is by worshiping Him out of my spirit, which in the New Covenant means I worship Him out of my relationship with God in Christ. In other words, my spirit has been born again. Everybody, everybody understands just, you know, we are spirit, soul, and body. When you're born again, your spirit is made righteous. It's made clean and made holy and pure. How do I worship God out of that? In other words, worship, true worship doesn't originate in the mind. It originates in the spirit. I worship Him in that righteous place that I come from. Okay? I'm born of Him. I worship Him in spirit. Praise God. Not in flesh. You could say it that way. That would be the, the contrary. Well, my flesh is unregenerate. My flesh is not saved. You know what I'm talking about. In other words, we don't have our new glorified bodies. Now, say, so we don't worship God with our bodies? Well, I didn't say that. I just said we worship Him in the Spirit first. Maybe first isn't the best word there. We just worship Him in the Spirit and truth. But that does come out of our physical bodies. One, one way that we miss it in worship and limit the depth of the experience is we're worshiping according to our own goodness. In other words, I've been pretty good today. I'm going to go to church and worship God and I'm, I, feel good, I feel good about that. Maybe I'm the only one who's ever had thoughts like that. Like... You know, I'm praying and then remembering all the stupid things that I've done. <laughs> Worship you, Lord. And I'm thinking, am I getting anywhere? So what do you do in that? I remind myself of the Spirit. And I'm coming based on what He did in my life, on His grace and mercy. And I go right in. So sometimes people stay, like I said earlier, stay away from God or stay away from church because they've, they've blown it and they've screwed up and they're mindful of that. Well, that's just not what God wants. And if, you, if you're real good, if you've been el perfecto all week long, you've been really nice, maybe you've kicked some habits you've had, and you've, I haven't smoked that all week or whatever. I've been real good with my diet or I've been real good with not yelling or uh, whatever. And so you feel good about yourself coming into church. Wrong. 
No, it's not bad that you feel good about yourself as far as having success. But don't approach God like, man, I'm going to have a good time tonight because I've been really good. Or I've been faithful to pray, you know, a certain amount of time every day. And so now, man, we are going to have church. Because of you? Now, if, you're, if you prayed and did, did diligence there and it made you more receptive and more sensitive to the Spirit and more full of Him, full of the Spirit, then yeah, we're going to have church. You know what I'm talking about? And you can expect uh, to experience much and much more. But if I did real good and now because I've been good all day long, man, I tell you what, God's going to move in this place. You might be disappointed. Amen. Always we come based on Him, on His work in our lives, and nothing else. So sometimes people miss it in their approach when they're mindful of themselves. But another way, you know, I mentioned, you know, does worship and these things, does it have anything to do with the physical man? Yes, it does, but not... It doesn't originate there. And, and this, is, this is where I've seen some miss it as well. Worship always begins with them doing something. In other words, it's always a, I'm, I, hopefully I'm saying this right, it's always a physical act. This is worship. No, it's not. You know, if we, if we get excited and jump around, that's worship. That's, no, it might have just been you jumping up and down and getting some good exercise. You know what I'm talking about? Because it doesn't start there. That's not what worship is. Jesus didn't say, it's coming a time. Here it is. You're going to worship God by running around the room, by jumping up and down and getting excited. That's not worship. You could do that without God. Amen. Sometimes people don't know the difference between the anointing and adrenaline. You get in a big stadium with a lot of people, and you can feel it. You know what I'm talking about? You could have goosebumps. You could feel like, whoo, this is powerful. <laughs> it's a different kind of powerful. <laughs> it's a physical sensation you're feeling. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But let's know the difference. Okay? Some will only get into a certain place of worshiping God when the when the music is just right or if it builds and it gets loud and others around them get excited then they think wow this is so awesome well you get that same thing at a concert I'm just saying let's be beyond that and recognize the difference because there's nothing wrong with the music building and everyone getting excited amen nothing wrong we like it right but it doesn't start there we need to see that the way that we worship can have, like we've been experiencing to a degree on these Wednesday nights, there's been no fluff, no, nothing on the outside to where we could fake it. All right, get that guitar up a little bit louder so people will get in. There's been none of that. And what we must watch is when we do have some of that. Because God anoints that stuff, some of that stuff. You know, no doubt about that either. But watch when we do have the externals 
Now, we're not just cruising on that. And we're not just, I'm riding this just like I would when they throw a touchdown pass in. <laughs> Everyone goes wild. And I feel it. And yeah, this is exciting. And, and yeah, there's something deeper than that. It's worshiping God in the spirit that comes out of that new creation part of me. And if it comes out of that and we begin to worship and it gets loud, that's when there's power behind that. When it comes out of that and there's, a motive, there's, a, there's an opportunity to laugh or dance or shout or run or something else. <laughs> It's coming from a place that it'll, the whole place will ignite, not just with adrenaline, but with anointing, with the power of God. Amen. And in the Old Testament, you remember, the glory filled the temple. The Bible says they were unable to stand. They couldn't continue ministering or doing what they were doing because the glory was so strong. That doesn't happen just because you got the right tune. I know Pastor Mickey and I were talking recently about um, some meetings that he did years ago. And, and uh, they had someone come up and sing a special. And uh, anyway, from what I heard about the, the story, this, uh, this young girl sang incredibly, had a great outstanding voice just keep nodding if I'm telling right if otherwise I'll ask you I won't tell I don't like to tell stories wrong I only tell true stories and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, but anyway from what I understand it was just outstanding singing but there was no anointing on it is that possible it is it is it is it's just like you know we got we had a, a gathering with our worship team uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and one of the topics under discussion was to minister out of the anointing and not just out of your gift. There's a big difference in this, and sometimes people are they set, they get settled and they satisfy for something natural when it can be so much higher. There there there's so much so much more that God wants us to to experience, but if we settle for man that was good. You know, people have written whole books on that, you know, about settling for good or being, you know, they got creative titles and stuff, but, you know, happy with average and okay, settling, you know, like good being like the enemy of best, things like that. And I don't want it to be that way in my relationship with God where I just become satisfied with, okay, I'm just at this level, I'm saved, I'm, you know, it's fine, it's good, but it's not the fullness I mean, I wonder, we, we can quote the verse, but how many could, could honestly say that we've seen exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think? And so let, let's not just get into our, you know, yes, I live in the exceedingly abundant. Well, if that's a statement of faith, then fine to say that. But, but consider the magnitude of God. And what he's trying to communicate to us. How great and glorious things can be. Amen. And not that we're waiting on him. 
we need to we need to step up because he's deposited these things on the inside of us. And we're learning to draw them out. We're learning to walk in them. So we're not approaching things in the flesh. But in the spirit where everything matters. Amen. You know the same thing's true when it comes to uh, sometimes, again, again, talking about worship and, and uh, entering into the manifest presence of God and doing things in the Spirit, not just in the flesh. Uh, times when people may endeavor to prophesy in the flesh. I don't know if you've ever been around some of that. I have. And instead of it heightening the service, instead of things going, wow, you know, it just... It goes the other way. And I don't mean, you know, I say some of these things. I don't want to do it to a point where, where people become fearful of ever missing it in church. Or if I say something wrong, I'm going to kill the service. Well, maybe not. I mean, if you've got a wrong heart, yeah. And the ushers will take you out back. <laughs> no. But I, I'm not talking about people with the wrong heart and wrong motive. But, th- but sir, a service can recover from something wrong happening. So I want to say these things, how we operate in the Spirit. And uh, so, so when would be a good, a good time to shout? When it comes up from within, not just, I've got a page that says, well, first, let's see, lift your right hand. Number two, say, praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? And we kind of just ritualistically do things. So, well, people wouldn't really do that, would they? Actually, people become to, can become too regimented that way, sometimes based on a previous experience. I did this before, and God moved. Or I was in this service. You know, you hear about people having a special carpet or something, special rug that God moves on. Why? Because someone was there one time and they got on that rug and, and you know, God moved in their life and it was powerful and it was anointed. And so that's the place you go. Well, you just established a new religion. Rugism. Right? You know, that, that's just... But that's how Christians go from move of God to the flesh. And you stay long enough doing things in the flesh... And you lose your appetite. You no longer want it because well, that's not good. You go there, and you get you and you you know you get in the flesh and you get excited emotionally because you're trying to work it up. <laughs> God's here, and you realize on the inside, no, He's not. <laughs> but this, oh man, this is God's moving. In. No, He's not. You just. He just made a little religion out of a previous experience. And people do that with different things. Well, you know, I did this one time, and I took off, and I danced, and I jumped, and God moved all over me. So now they know. God doesn't move on you unless you jump and dance. Well, that's not true. Huh? Am I telling you not to jump and dance? No, I'm telling you don't be religious. I'm telling you, don't do it in the flesh. I'm telling you, just because it happened before that way doesn't mean every service ha- happens that way. 
That's when things become a turnoff to those around. And eventually, you'll be tired of it. Eventually, we won't want to do it anymore. Amen. I mean, if every time I pray, every time I worship, it's just dry and dull, I'm stopping. <laughs> I am. If I'm never getting anything, I'm quitting. I'm doing something different. All right? And, and, and that's just the way we are. And I don't think that's all bad. But we stay in the Spirit being led by the Spirit. That's why sometimes there's a different move. There's a different flow. There's a different thing that God wants to do. Why do we need to hear this? One, to stay out of the ruts. Two, to be expecting God to lead us. Amen. There, there's, a time, there's a time, no doubt. There's, there's times when it comes right up on the inside of me, joy comes just flooding up. And the way to release it is to laugh. I encourage you to yield to that when it happens. Serious. You just yield to it. I, and sometimes, in my experience, which is, which is not all experience by any means, in my experience, it comes up and it's just a little bit. And other times, it's, it comes up and, well, that's good. <laughs> and it just keeps flowing. It just keeps coming out of you. What do you do? Stay with that. Stay with that. Stay with what seems right. See, this is, it's hard to always just uh, explain. You know, like they say, it's more, it's better felt than telt. But sometimes you'll find that God will move with you in a certain direction. Stay with that until it stops. I, I know this sometimes, this I'll be just praising God and a certain phrase will come up. And it just seems good. It's, it just seems good. So I say it over and over again. It may be as simple as God is good. It may, it may be more complex than that. But you say it over and over again. And you watch the, the manifestation of God will keep increasing and increasing as you flow with that. Then it's time to do something different. It ha- I know what happens when I sometimes and I, when I preach or I, t- or I teach. Not all the time. But I'll hit a certain thing. And they'll be I'm like... Well, that's something right there. I just know. That, that's a vein right there. That, I've entered into something. I need to milk that a little while. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I need to get more out of that. And oftentimes it's because there's individuals that have that particular need. And, and as I say it, the Spirit bears witness with it. And then there's a flow there. I'm talking, just talking about flowing with the Spirit. Works in prayer, works in worship, works, works in, you know, if, if you are speaking and teaching and doing things like this. Uh, but it's important for us to do things in the Spirit. All right? We're, we're led by Him. Not just, well, this is the way we did it before, this is the way it works. Hmm. I, I have, a, 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 you know, a handful of experiences over the past, and sometimes I just like to turn one of them on. Let's pull that one out, because that one was really nice. I'm going to do that one tonight. <laughs> Amen. I believe that, that God is faithful to us, though. When we, when we will uh, continue to pursue Him and seek Him and act on the promptings and leadings that He gives us, we'll be able to do some of this. There, there's another scripture over in Philippians. That says a, a similar thing. 
Thank you, Lord. In Philippians, just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's never going to happen again either. You can expect things. Let's see, it's Philippians. It sure is. chapter 3 and verse 3 says for we are the circumcision not speaking naturally who worship God in the spirit how are we supposed to worship God in the spirit rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh no confidence in 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 the flesh I never approach God in the flesh. I approach Him in the Spirit. My flesh comes along for the ride. Amen. That doesn't mean that God won't ever have us take a step of faith with our physical body. You mean, so I have to feel the anointing before I do anything? Not about feeling. Not, feeling, not about feeling anything. But doing things in the Spirit. You see, uh, in the Old Covenant, you remember that when... Uh, they built Solomon's temple. Remember David saved up money? And uh, his son Solomon built this thing, and it took how long? Like 100 years or something? Uh, I forget how long. 40 years? Does anybody read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I remember. <laughs> uh, they, built the, they built the temple, and it was an amazing structure. All right? It was mind-boggling and uh, you know later on when when the when Israel got away from God and they were backslidden and they weren't serving him anymore what would happen is their enemies would come in and they lost their protection <laughs> and the enemies would come in and beat up on them and at one point they you know they came in they all got taken to Babylon and they cleaned out the temple and took all the gold and and knocked things down and and uh, and just really made a made a mess of it later um, when they eventually came back and they were rebuilding the temple some of the older people when they came in uh, they were in tears and what they what some of what they had done is what you what previously was gold was substituted for brass let me understand brass looks the same but it's not the same from you look at it from an instinct wow nice that's gold it's not <laughs> and it's just not and, and and some of what the church does over time there's a move of God's spirit and then later it gets replaced with something that externally looks the same but it's not the real thing and I don't want to substitute the real deal for something that looks the same we act the same, but no power, no move. Let's never be satisfied for a religious experience. Never be satisfied where we, where we substitute a good, a good talk for the power of God, a motivational speech for the power of God. I'm not saying anything against a motivational speech. That might have its place in life. I'm not but I'm not going to substitute the power of God for that. 
Amen. Too many times, man, it, 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 I think it grieves the heart of God what has happened in his body in many places. People are no longer walking in his glory and in his power, and they're okay with it. People are no longer walking in the miracles, walking in the high blessings, walking in the glory of his, of his name, and they're okay with it. They think, going to church, singing some good songs, hearing a nice message and going home. They think that that's okay. They think that's the sum total of their Christian life and all that God has planned for us in the earth today. And I'm telling you, no, that God has much more for us to walk in. If we don't have a supernatural relationship with God, we've become religious. We're, we, we could be among those that were prophesied in the last days that have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Man, God said it would happen. And yet people put up great arguments, great explanations to show you why it can't work. Go to great lengths to teach people why, th why th they should accept their pathetic life. Their lack of power life. Lacking all of the things that we see in Jesus and, and in the apostles of the early church. And they'll explain to you why it can't be so. Form of God. It was prophesied. You know what? I got a scripture for you. I've got a, it was written directly to you. But they'll, of course, endeavor to explain that away too. Well, that's not talking about that. Well, what is it talking about then? What is it talking about except for a powerless church? Amen. And God has more for us. So much more. So much more than we've, uh, than we've oftentimes settled for. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best. His supernatural power. The glory of His presence. The fullness of His Spirit working in my life. Nothing less. Nothing else. I only want Him moving in my life. Lord. Thank You, Lord, for giving us the goods, the spiritual equipment, the power to, to walk with You, to represent You in the earth. Uh, you know, you're right there close to Galatians. Look at there, look there at Galatians. Galatians 5. Notice it says over here in verse 16, I say then, walk, how? in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So there we see again that, that terminology, in the Spirit. Right? In fact, let's look at Romans 8. Just to bring that right uh, understanding here in context. Jesus said we are to worship in spirit and truth. Paul said, we worship God in the Spirit. 
Romans 8 says, verse, no, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, what does it say? You are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. So we could say, from a foundational standpoint, every person in here who has been saved, they've received the Lord, you are in the Spirit. You're in the Spirit. From that place now, what are we to do? We're to worship God in the Spirit. We are to, according to uh, Galatians 5, we are to walk, how? In the Spirit. In the Spirit. What, what does that look like? Well, you can see it looks like love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, so forth, right? That's what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. And so, and so we, we, we can see again, we were born, of God, born again of God in the Spirit, but out of that place comes everything. Anytime I get in the flesh, I depart from the power source from which I was born again into. The part of me that was born again. I am supposed to learn from the day I accept Jesus to live out of my spirit. Some say, well, that, some of those letters are capitalized there, like Holy Spirit. Well, you have to understand that that was a trans, the translator's discretion. All right, the Greek word pneuma uh, didn't have capital letters or small letters in the, in, in the Greek, and they chose what they thought. Usually, though, in, in my opinion, it doesn't make that big a difference. Whether you say, I'm walking in my born-again spirit, or I'm walking in the Holy Spirit, who indwells my born-again spirit. Know what I'm saying? So it's not really a doctrinal problem but, but here's the deal from the day we get saved we have to learn how to live out of here instead of living out of out of our minds where we figure everything out we do everything in our own strength and our own effort the more we learn to yield in this to, to walk in the spirit the more of god will be manifest in our lives because out of that place comes Worship, out of that place comes the fruit of love and joy and peace. Out of, out of that place uh, comes things like prophecy, comes things like speaking in other tongues, remember, out of your belly. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 uses that language again. Verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. And so when we pray, what are we, how are we to do that? In the Spirit. When I speak in other tongues, I'm doing that 
in the Spirit. This is one reason why all Christians ought to speak in tongues. Why? Multiple reasons, obviously, but, but for one at least, it is a good way to learn how to operate out of that new part of you. If I don't ever learn to operate out of the new part in everything I do, then I'm going to live a natural life as if I'm not saved even though I am. It will be as if I don't have the Holy Ghost and power living in me because I haven't learned to live out of that. When I pray in other tongues and I speak in other tongues, that doesn't come out of my mind. Right? You ever tried to speak in tongues out of your mind? I mean, no. It comes up from within you. It comes out of that new part of you, the born-again part. When a person learns to tap into that, and of course, that's the easiest thing in the world, when a person can be filled with the Spirit. All right? But once you do that, you say, well, that's where everything comes from. That's, that's why I believe frequently when I... Uh, get direction for my life or for the church it's while speaking in tongues or right after speaking in tongues or i i, I spend time doing that because the, it, everything comes from the same place it's out of that new part of me where god lives it's out of that new part of me where i'm filled with the spirit where i have been anointed it all comes up from within and learning to do that through practical exercise of speaking in tongues and like we did earlier, worship God, but out of here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying when I say say out of here? You, you do your best to listen and yield. I'm not saying your mind's not involved. It comes through your mind. Thoughts and words come up to your mind, but then you express them. And you, what, what you've done, you've established a flow. You grabbed a pipe and the other pipe and you screwed them together. Okay, now I'm hooked up to the Spirit. And I can let it flow out of me and I worship. And if we learn to live out of that place, how many understand when someone does you wrong and someone mistreats you, if you're living out of here, it will give you the right response. If I'm living out in the flesh, you hit me, I'm going to hit you twice as hard. <laughs> <laughs> in the flesh, right? But if I'm living in the Spirit, I'm going to learn how to respond and deal with people in, 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 the, in the right way. I'm going to have a better marriage relationship. I'm going to have better relationship with my kids. I'm going to deal with people better. I mean, aren't people the toughest thing in life? <laughs> I mean, the most enjoyable, too, when things are right. We, we, we want to be around, you know. But the main thing is we've got to learn to operate out of that deposit of the Spirit of God inside of us. How can I do that? One way, again, pray in tongues every day. Pray in tongues a lot. What do we mean? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Get hooked up to that inner flow. Amen. And it can come out in English. It can come out in, in worship. And but, but we're learning to do that. And the more we do that, Man, everything becomes clear. Every, then it's not so much, God, do this for me. Lord, help me. Lord, do this for me. I, I tell you what, God's not hooking up with or connecting with the, the whiny type of attitude that many Christians pray in. 
when it's all, and sometimes even sing in church. And it's all about come rescue me. All about Lord save me. All about I'm confused. And I'm full of doubt or full of doubt. And I got fears and Lord, and all this stuff. Talk my fears and my confusion and my doubt. And, and there's people singing out to God. Just passionate with the worship. Just singing out all this stuff to God. I call them naked, wretched, and blind songs. I'm saying that's not in the spirit. It's not. That doesn't come out of the the born-again part of a believer. The Holy Spirit does not hook up with that and inspire someone to act that way. He inspires us to live a life of victory. Our praise ought to be thanking God for the victory we have, that we have overcome, that we've been filled with His fullness and everything we have in Christ. Not, Lord, help me. I don't mean that to sound cruel to a person who's... So I, I need help. Well, I'm not saying a person doesn't need help, but it's not that God hasn't helped. And that's what that's saying. Lord, you haven't done anything for me. Lord, you, so I'm crying out again. I'm crying out again for more, cause waiting on you to answer my prayer. We're not waiting on God to answer our prayers. I'll say that again. None of us are waiting on God to answer our prayers. Hmm. And if we are, we've missed it. I'm just waiting. I think any day God's going to answer my prayer. When you pray according to the will of God, the answer comes right then. It does. Say, well, what about... What was his name? Daniel. What about Daniel? Took his... Prayer three weeks. God responded immediately to him. You've got to read the whole story. The moment he prayed, God dispatched the angel. And of course, things were different then as well. But you know, he got a little war in the heavenlies there. And uh, Michael the archangel came to help him out and, and, uh, and so forth. But God's not holding things back from us. Amen. Anybody having fun yet? <laughs> God wants us to live out of, this, out of this part of us, in the Spirit. Worship out of it. Learn to connect. Learn to, learn to connect to that flow. Amen. That's why I've said before at uh, different times, one of my favorite times in a, in a, in a, you know, a planned worship service where you, you, know, you sing the songs, and one of my favorite times, even though I love the songs and the music, is the part in between the songs. Why? Because I can reach right down in here. I, I can endeavor to, uh, to speak out by the Spirit out of my own spirit and praise and worship and glorify Him. And, and, and that's, when, that's when it gets real good. That's when, like was said earlier, uh, how God inhabits the praises of His people. You'll perceive that much, much to a much greater degree when you learn to draw out of that and flow out of that. Praise God. Amen. And, and these things are ha- going to happen more and more as we, as we learn to do this. But let, I don't want us to approach, God, approach this and approach God with, we're just waiting on God to finally do something. You know, that just kind of, it almost, it, it seems like, well, we want God to do great things, but He doesn't want to. Almost like we're more gracious and loving and kind than He is. 
almost like we're full of compassion for the world, but God's not. See that how, how that mentality is wrong? You know, when we pray to Him in, in such a way where we're saying, God, save, save this person or heal this person. And we're acting like we really want them healed and saved and God doesn't. Well, there's nothing further from the truth. If you want it a little bit, man, God wants it. Didn't Jesus teach us that? How much more will the Father give good things to them who ask? Now, someone said, I want, I want filled with the Spirit. Jesus said, the, said that about the Holy Spirit as well. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more? You want something? He wants it more for you. You want healed? He wants you healed more than you do, and you're the one that hurts. But I have this, I, I have this feeling that the way, if, if I'm really hurting, God's hurting. If my kids are hurting, man, I can't. My life is not as good. And if I'm really suffering, God's life is not as good. He wants it more than me because of His great love for me. Amen. Praise God. He's so good to us. And then, of course, you know, John over there in, in Revelation 1, the Bible says he was in the Spirit too. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And that, that was in the Spirit on a, on a whole other level. That was, he was seeing things and he was caught up and he was uh, no longer in the body. Or, you know, at least his experience wasn't. All right? And he was experiencing great things in God. Amen? And, and that's the same God we serve. Same God we serve. Praise God. Sometimes, sometimes people, you know, and I've heard this said, and, and ha they, people have pointed out that in the, if you read through the Bible and count how many times there were, for example, angelic visitations, that you, and if you put it in the years, then you come up with that really these things only happen once every big, long time. And they're trying to bring, you know, I understand the heart in someone saying that. They're trying to bring balance so people don't have unfulfilled expectations. But I think, I think that's not completely accurate with the way God moves and wants to do things. Because we don't have a record of everyone that had experience. We only have little snapshots here and there of the things that God did. Even we see the miracles of Jesus and they were tremendous, you know. There was like 19 or 20 individual miracles that he did. And then, of course, there were the crowds and masses. And we think we might come up with the idea that's all he did. But John wrote, I can't even tell you everything. He said, I could, if we had put enough, if we would write it all down, there wouldn't be enough books in the world or the world wouldn't be able to contain them. He, there was so much more happening. This makes me think and makes me believe that I can have a move of God constantly happening in my life that that miracles and great things can happen continually remember when when peter went to jail and uh, they threw him in jail and the angel came and got him out walked him out of there and the gate opened by itself and they walked up and they went over to the, those people's house and they were all praying for him in there not exactly in faith but you know what i'm <laughs> they were in there praying and and Peter showed up there, and the girl comes comes to the door, and and uh, he you know says it's 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 me, Peter, and they can't believe it. And she went back and told them, Peter's at the door, and they said, Oh no, it's probably his angel. 
that makes me think of a couple, a couple things. One, you believe more in an angel showing up than you do in someone being delivered from jail. Two, to even say it was probably his angel. I'm thinking that was a little more common occurrence. I mean, you don't say that unless that's happening quite regularly. Where, where people are seeing angels. I remember reading a, a book years ago about a, a, a guy, and he was in a, a church in South America, and he made a, put a question out to the church and said, how many have had experiences with angels? You've seen an angel in the last two weeks. He said about half the crowd lifted up their hand. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. What's wrong with the American?